Time to talk NBA with Keith Smith from Spot Rack and the Front Office Show. And on Twitter X at Keith Smith NBA. Here's Keith Smith talking basketball with Bryant and Brett. Keith Smith joins us now from Track and the Front Office Show. Keith, thanks so much for joining us. A lot to get to in the NBA, but I do want to start off very quickly with the Grizzlies. Even though this this roster is depleted and, and, and a lot of injuries with this game, they've been finding ways to win games lately. They're coming off a win last night uh, against the Heat, a 105-96 win. And we've talked about it a lot. It's really, we just want to see them play hard. We want to see these young guys play with pride. Get better and and get that experience and really seeing Vince Williams Jr. out there and what he's been doing. Fans deserve it. Absolutely. Gigi Jackson, seeing his development. It's been really fun to watch over these last couple weeks. Yeah, it really has been. Once you get to this point in the season where the team has struggled this much, you're looking for the bright spots. Mm-hmm. And the bright spots have been Vince Williams, Gigi Jackson. I think Jaron Jackson putting the ball mm-hmm. in his hands more than ever and saying, hey, we're going to run the offense through you. Is it going to be messy at times? Sure it is. But you're going to find some stuff out, and these are all things that the Grizzlies will use into next season and how they plan to build out the roster. And, you know, do, did we find a guy or two that did, we didn't expect to be, you know, rotation players that we can have in the mix moving forward? And that that's what you, you do. I always say, you know, it, it seems like when the season goes sideways and everything falls apart, you kind of – throw your hands up and say, well, it is what it is. But you can't sit around and cry. You just mm-hmm. move forward and you make the best of it. Keith, I think it's important for Taylor Jenkins. He He's no young coach by any means. In fact, he's fifth right now in current seniority in, in, in the NBA. But I think it's important for him to establish the rest of the way. We're not going to the playoffs. We've had some really exceptionally bad luck. But we're going to establish ourselves here as something that matters, and then we're going to learn from it. And this time next year, we're going to be in playoff mode. Yeah, completely agree. I, I think this is a uh, team that is well set up to be right back into contention next year. You, you assume some of the injuries that happened, are they're, they're just not going to be repeat then. These guys should be back. They should be ready to go. And, and off you go with a roster that is really set up for success, my question, which makes the importance of getting guys like Vince Williams, Gigi Jackson, maybe we'll see if anybody else emerges to be rotation guys, how big of a tax bill, if any, is the organization willing to pay? Because that's where we're headed. You, you've extended guys. You've traded for guys. They're in a position now where the roster is starting to get really expensive. Now, if you can cycle a couple guys out, and you move forward with guys like Jackson and Williams and those guys, and they're they're you know much cheaper options. You're in a pretty good place, but those are going to be the things that you're going to really look to make the most of this season for. And then the big questions need to answer come July. Yeah, traditionally, historically, here in Memphis, over both ownership groups, it's been we never pay the tax, but that's not uncommon to to what? How many teams around the league you think? mostly have that mantra of we never pay the tax well there's only two that have never paid it it's the charlotte hornets and the new orleans pelicans so kind of oddly enough the uh original hornets and the now hornets and the team that the hornets became yeah. uh, those are the only two that have never paid the tax um but i think it's, it's pretty likely that it is um in a spot where you probably have seven or eight teams that are, hey, we, we'd like to not pay the tax if we can. 
um, you know, because you, you just, it's not a business you want to be in if you're not a very good team. You know, it's really quite that simple. And if, if you're not a title contender, there's a lot of teams that will look around and say, nah, there's no reason to go into the tax because that's, that's not really where, where we want to be. You know, and, and I think that's you know, important to know because of that situation. You know, if we, like you said, you've got these kind of teams that have done it in the past, but you know, most teams that have rarely ever paid it because it just doesn't make sense to pay the tax sometimes. What team has paid the most in the tax? Uh, in the history of the luxury tax, uh-huh. the Golden State Warriors. Uh, well, well over $300 million in just tax money um, that, that they, they paid. And that's not even including last year's bill. So we're probably, I, I know we're well up over $400 million. We're, we're, we're moving into half a billion territory on how much they've paid in taxes. Yeah, uh, I'm curious. Uh, in the uh, you know the, uh, the latest news we've gotten, and your thoughts on it with the Milwaukee Bucks, Adrian Griffin is out, um, and Doc Rivers is in. We learned, um, or at least I learned. I'm sure a lot of people knew it beforehand, but I learned yesterday when all of this was going down that Doc Rivers has been serving as an informal informal consultant to Adrian Griffin um, for the last month or so. What do you make of this whole situation in Milwaukee from them midway through the season, they're sitting towards the top of their conference, firing their coach, and then turning right around less than 24 hours and going and, and hiring Doc Rivers? Yeah, I don't feel bad that you didn't know, because I don't know how many people really knew <laughs> that was going on. I think that came as breaking news to a lot of us. Uh it something feels a little bit off with that part of it. Yeah. The firing Adrian Griffin part is, you know, that's surprising. I know some people are painting it as, I'm not really surprised. It wasn't going well. Well, it's the second best record in basketball. And I get it that there are a lot more complaints, but it's still surprising when a team has been playing that well and they haven't, um, you know, they're moving on uh, from a coach. Now, we've been hearing a lot of rumblings over the last, several you know weeks here of yeah just not real happy guys are not happy with schemes on both ends of the floor and rotations and all that stuff and one of the biggest mistakes i think nba teams make with both players and coaches is if it's gone past the point where it's salvageable and no one's on board anymore they hang on too long so i'm always in favor of pull the plug move on and go in a different direction the doc rivers part of it that's a little strange you know it's a little you know, he was already, was he already in place? Is that where we're trying to go? You know, how are we feeling about that? So that part, you know, doesn't necessarily feel great. And I'll also say this, Doc Rivers' track record over the past several years, you know, decade and a half or more since he left the Celtics as a head coach, hasn't been great in the playoffs. His teams have struggled. His teams have blown leads in series. It's just something we're going to really watch because for this team, it's finals or bust. They don't make the finals. This did not work. No, and and we talked about that yesterday. How much was he part of the coup? How much was he part of the plan? And except for 08 Boston, it has not worked out well for Doc Rivers at a lot of really plum, sweet spots that all he had to do is – you know, really not mess it up. And, and a lot of times it, it, it got, got messed up. And I, I saw this this morning kind of on hot take TV. And I understand, you know, a throw to the break and the tease and trying to keep people interesting, but they were going to the break and the throw to the break, the tease was 
can Doc Rivers get this team in contention? Hell, they are in contention. <laughs> they were a week ago. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I don't know. It, you're not going to improve much record-wise with, with Doc Rivers. It's not like he's going to come in and the team's going to go undefeated over the next you know uh, remaining half of the season or so. It's probably going to be a similarish pace to what they've won now. So you'll probably continue on about a you know fifty-six to fifty-eight win pace, which is about where they were at under Adrian Griffin. But the challenge is, it's all about the playoffs. If you don't make it into the playoffs and then win in the first round, win in the second round, win in the conference finals, and get get to the NBA finals, people are going to come back and say, "What was all this for? This doesn't make sense." You know why did why? You know, that's going to be the big thing. It's going to be the, why did we need to do this? And that's just going to be something that's going to have to be a question that gets answered at some point. You know, by this, uh, uh, you know, front office group, if they fall short is, you know, did we, you know, not land where we wanted to land? My guess is, though, this is not going to be a, uh, barring a complete disaster, and I don't think that'll happen either. This is not going to be a short-term thing with Doc Rivers. Because you're already paying two coaches to not coach for you. I'm pretty sure as it's come out, Doc's making $40 million over the next three and a half seasons. I don't think they want to pay him to not coach for him either. Keith, you, you know the Celtics as well as anybody. Beloved Celtics for you, but you call it straight as you can. Always straight about the Celtics. Where is Doc Rivers in Celtics lore? Um, he's highly thought of because he's, he, he's been such an important part uh, to that franchise, he came in, and you know a lot of people say he's always had these teams that were set up to win right away, and that wasn't true at the start of his Celtics tenure. He came in, and the, the team was bad. Now they Danny Ainge flipped it very very quickly uh, by trading for Kevin Garnett after what was an absolutely awful year for the Celtics, and and that worked out immediately. They won the title. I I still contend they would have won the 2009 title if Kevin Garnett hadn't gotten hurt. That 2009 team was better than the 2018 they were absolutely destroying everybody they played kevin garnett got hurt he tried to come back late in the season it didn't work and they bowed out ultimately in the playoffs when also paul pierce and ray allen were banged up at the end of the run too and then 2010 they get back to the finals and lost guys there and then doc squeezed a couple more good years out of that team beyond what they really expected where they they almost made another finals when those guys were very clearly on their last leg. So I think, you know, we're to the point with Doc and Celtics history, he's highly thought of because he came through and he got them that championship uh, banner that, that they seek. Beyond that, I think everybody's kind of been like, eh, he's, you know, he's fine with the Clippers, fine with the Sixers. He wins a bunch of regular season games, but he doesn't come through when it counts. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Bucks, the biggest issue lately has been their defense. They started the season and, and played well defensively, but now they're towards the bottom of the NBA when you're looking at defensive numbers. Uh, what have you seen defensively for the Bucks that worries you, if at all, and how fixable is that under Doc Rivers? Yeah, I think what you're going to see with Doc is you're going to see them commit to him really lock in and play at a um, – how do I put this at a uh, at a more stable level? Mm-hmm. Meaning, I don't think they're going to be changing up scheme from game to game, from half to half, and things like that. I think they are going to really lock into a place where it is, hey, let's kind of get into a spot where it is. This is what we do. We're gonna 
we're, we're going to do what we do to the best of our ability. We're not going to change this up, you know, constantly and all that. I wouldn't be surprised if they return to some of the stuff that has really worked well for them over the past couple of years, really past four or five years uh, with the drop coverages and like, because I think Doc is going to say, hey, it's good to have other things in your bag to go to, but our primary defense needs to be something that allows Brooke Lopez to be that good. Mm-hmm. Talking to uh, Keith Smith from Track and the front office show. He joins us every Thursday to talk the NBA. We also had another coaching move this morning. The uh, The Wizards have made a cha- change at head coach. Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, has been moved to a front office role. What did you make of that news this morning? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? I lost you for a second. The Wizards, uh, their change of head coach this morning, uh, Wes Unsell oh, yeah. Jr. moving to front office. Now, a different spot than than certainly Milwaukee is. I think sure. we all came in thinking this is going to be a rebuilding season. That one kind of caught me almost more of a surprise uh, than the Bucks did. Yeah, I think not um, unsurprising. The team has not been very successful. Right. Now, that's not a knock on Wes Unsell Jr. because they're not set up to be successful this year, but they gave him a couple years. He came into a team that was really set up. Let's be in somewhere in the mix of the, you know, seventh to eighth seed every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then a the new front office comes in and they completely tear it down. And I think for them, it is, Hey, we're restarting. We're restarting around younger players. We're really tearing this thing down. And anytime a new front office comes in, it tends to be far more likely of, hey, we're going to get our guys. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to bring in our own guys to kind of run the team and coach the team. So I think that's you know, what ultimately happened here, and I think that's where this is all going to go. And a real, maybe a big change for the franchise itself with the new building that will yeah. be in Northern Virginia, and that's not done, done deal, but it's getting really close in the state of Virginia just decorating the, the tree to where they almost cannot turn it down. Yeah, and I know some people feel a real certain way about that. Of hey, this is not okay, right? You're moving the team further out. I, it's funny because it feels like, and it, maybe I'm completely off on this, but it feels like these people are like that's far away. Like, what put it? Get, get them back downtown. Add it Ridgefield. downtown. Yeah, so it's one of those things where it's you know, if you make people have to go too far, you better give them a reason to go that far. Otherwise, they're just not going to come. I read a good article. Uh, the 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 author of the story was saying it's just seven metro stops from the current place, but it feels like a million miles. When when you leave the district and go to the northern Virginia, you're out of the district. I don't care if it's two subway stops. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I, and I don't know what seven metro stops mean for them. I, that's not what I'm familiar with. But I I've been places where seven metro stops can be a half hour long. And, you know, you're at now. You're talking. To, half hour on the front end, a half hour on the back end. I, I, I would guess it's every quick. minute of 20 minutes. In, in, yeah, in, and would, on a busy, congested day, it would be that. And you're talking people, you know, getting off at 5 and trying to get to the to the building. That if, you, if you tack on that time, people check out. Yeah, for sure. Now, you, give a, you put a good team on the floor, you build a really nice building, and you give people reason to go, people will go. They'll make it work. It's not like, you know, everybody's going to turn their back. But, yeah, it is. It's a very interesting situation there in Washington, for sure. 
We had a trade the other day between the Heat and the Hornets. Terry Rozier heads down to Miami. He got his first uh, action as a Heat last night against the Grizzlies. Got to wear the Heat culture jerseys in his first game. And then in return, Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first-round pick go to Charlotte. What did you think of this trade? Now it sounds like Kyle Lowry might be on the move again soon, might not be sticking in Charlotte. What did you make of this trade? Yeah, Kyle Lowry will not be on the Hornets come the end of the day, Thursday the 8th. If he's not traded somewhere else by then, they're going to definitely work a bio with mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry because they've already basically said he's not going to play in any game. Yeah. So this, this was all for the Hornets. This was about clearing Terry Rogier's uh, contract off their books moving forward. Again, new ownership group. They're expected to likely bring in a new front office that may also come with a new coaching staff as well, and everything's kind of starting over there in Charlotte. They, they've made it clear to other teams. Don't call on LaMelo Ball, Brandon Miller, or Mark Williams. Anybody else, we're open for business. We'll listen, and if it makes sense, we'll, we'll make the move. So I think we're very much in a spot here with the um, Hornets where they're just moving in, in, in a different direction. They got a first-round pick to do it, so you know, let's go. Now, for the Heat, the Heat had to do something. Kyle Lowry was moved to the bench, it seemed increasingly clear he was probably going to be close to being dropped out of the rotation entirely. He's lost a step, two steps, maybe even three steps. He's not quick enough to create his own looks anymore. That hurts him creating shots for others. That hurts him on the defensive end. He gets by with kind of the veteran know-how and all the tricks and everything he knows, but that only takes you so far. And it was clear by the time we got into the playoffs, probably wasn't really going to be a thing for Kyle Lowry anymore. So now you get Terry Rozier. He can really play. He's a big upgrade on Lowry as far as scoring, passing. I think his defense will get back to a level we saw it at when he was with Boston. It just hasn't been an emphasis in Charlotte on bad teams. So I think they'll drag a good defense out of them. And for them, giving up a first-round pick feels like a lot. But there's no organization I trust more to find undrafted guys, G League guys, second-round picks, coach them up into being rotation players. So I think they're going to be just fine. Who, who who would Kyle Lowry really help the most in a playoff push? Yeah, a lot of people instantly went to Philadelphia and felt like hey, he's going to end up with, with the 76ers. Hmm. Uh, you know, just because, hey, they, they, they can use another guy. I actually personally think the best spot for him, it would have to be via bio, they don't have a way to trade for him, would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. That Timberwolves team, if you saw the other night, Carl Anthony Towns chasing points, Mm-hmm. And everything went fell apart. And it fell apart in such a way Chris Finch came out and was like, Blasted. hey, I'm going to talk on this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to let everybody know how I feel about this. Um, it wasn't good. Now, what happened, though, is that was the extreme end. But every time Mike Conley comes off the floor for that Wolves team, things get a little sideways. At the point in his career where he's going to miss some games, uh, whether they be the rest or just nagging injuries. But it's even in games when he plays. If he's not on the floor, things just get a little wonky. I think if you could get a guy like Kyle Lowry, you bring Kyle Lowry in there, now all of a sudden you've got 48 minutes of veteran point guard play, and you're you're in a pretty good place. So that's a, that's a team I'd like to see him consider if he takes a buyout. And full circle for us in Memphis, Kyle Lowry and Mike Conley back as teammates. <laughs> yep, there it is. 
That would be something. Uh, Keith, uh, last thing for you, since talking about trades, trade deadline will be here before we know it. Do you see the Grizzlies making any small moves or any moves at all at this deadline? No, a lot of people have kind of thought maybe not, but you know, when you talk about going into next season, there's going to be some some roster issues. Do you see them trying to get ahead of that and, and making a move before the deadline this year? Yeah, I think what you may see them do uh, in the more immediate concern of making a move is is something that frees up a roster spot because I think they're going to want to do something similar with Gigi Jackson that they did with um, Vince Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. where it is let's try to get him converted let's get him on a long term contract I think you know he's showing all everybody had this guy as a lottery pick yeah. going into his his first year in college and then that college season was such a mess on a bad team where he didn't take good shots. Everything got, got real messy that turned into a lot of questions about his attitude and how much he cares and all that sort of stuff. And then that turned into just him dropping in the draft. Now I think we're in a spot where I think you're going to want to see this be a position of, hey, let's try to get this guy converted and keep him long term. But that means free, freeing up a roster spot. There's a bunch of ways they can do that. You know, there's guys that they could move uh, in trades that could do an unbalanced trade. Uh, one for zero or two for one type deal. Then I think the other thing is you have to have a real conversation. You can start it in the next couple weeks out of the trade deadline, or you let it carry into the draft period of, hey, do we feel good with Williams and Jackson? And if we do, do we feel so good with those guys that guys like Zaire Williams, Jake Laravia, David Roddy, is that a conversation of maybe we move some of these guys in a trade. Mm. So we're going to bring bring them in. And that's where if you're Memphis, like we talked about off the top, you're going to be so expensive in the next couple years. You have to start cycling through the bottom of the roster with much cheaper talent. And they've generally done well with that through the draft. Now you're in a position where let's really try to make that happen and try to get that done here with moving on from some of these guys and really cycling in these guys who are making minimum or just above minimum type deals that'll really help them long term yeah it's gonna be interesting to see if uh, what moves if they make a move before the deadline but keith thanks so much as always for joining us we'll do it again next thursday absolutely thank you for having me thank you keith and have a great week and great weekend keith smith talking nba with us every thursday i know the big games coming up soon at the commissary gonna have a lot of specials around that big sunday gonna have some specials coming up about valentine's day that i'm gonna love to tell you about the commissary with two great locations at houston levy and poplar are the original in germantown the original since 1981 perfect for a big group for any game watching this weekend the Tigers the on Sunday afternoon, the NFL playoffs, anything, anytime. It's perfect for a big group. The Memphis barbecue and ribs done the slow-cooked Memphis way. The, the Memphis style that we've come to know and love through all the years with the commissary. If you're craving an easier way to order, you can text commissary to 33733. Dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich. But you need to start with the great appetizers and pace yourself. Go slow. Make it a big process like the tamales or the cheese plate, the smoked chicken wings or the barbecue nachos invented, created in the early 80s by Walker Taylor and his team at the commissary. When you get the the ribs or the shoulder, you get all the sides, beans, slaw, deviled eggs, bread as well, and you can order it by the pound or a six-pack or an eight-pack or a 12-pack. 
you need to have this for all the game watching we're going to do and all the good times we're going to have the next few weeks. We're going to tell you more about around around Super Bowl Sunday and around Valentine's Day. Save room for dessert like the lemon ice box pie, the banana pudding, and the great strawberry cake. Here's the number, 901-754-5540, or go online at commissarybbq.com in Collierville and Germantown with the party areas, the orders to go, catering, tailgating for any time of season any sport they're ready at the commissary 901-754-5540 or go online commissarybbq.com well we need to get to a break when we come back we'll talk the nfl start your day with sports 56 mornings with greg gaston and eli savoy weekday mornings from 7 to 10 right here on sports 56 and 98.5 fm Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. There's a lot of NFL news out and uh, about... None of it, I guess, is about the actual games that are that are going on this weekend. We talked earlier about uh, the hire um, for Atlanta. They have now made their hire, and uh, I don't think um, I certainly didn't see Raheem Morris being. I didn't either. Uh, but that is who it is. But uh, it's the old Lee Corso theory. Okay. They had offense in Arthur Smith. Sure. Then they went defense. Lee Corso's theory is if you had a tall, skinny guy, uh-huh. the next guy's kind of a <laughs> chubby short fella. Uh, I, hey, I like that they, theory. They li- they like the opposite of yeah. the last guy. Yeah, interesting. I I like that theory. But this is uh, a, a little bit of an update um, from Diana Rossini um, from the Athletic. What she's been hearing about this uh, Falcons opening. Uh, this is what she tweeted out uh, a little bit ago. There are layers to the hiring in Atlanta. Arthur Blank was targeting the greatest coach of all time from the start. He was then open to listening to other ideas, some internal persuasion, impressive interviews, and now here we are. Belichick is unemployed. I don't mind. The team gets his shot. So it seems like the idea from the from the start was Bill Belichick is going to be our guy. Then Raheem Morris came in. People around the building started saying i like this guy this guy could be the future he you know knocks them out with a couple interviews and gets the job again whether it's fair or not do do you want to win for the atlanta falcons or do you want to pass don that's shula right. that's right that's, that's a, a good question that's a great question and that, that that's not unfair i, I look we, we know his bona fides. He mm-hmm. is the greatest NFL coach ever. Yep. If he never coaches another down, if he doesn't right. get to Shula's record or not mm-hmm. because of those Super Bowl Sundays. Yep. That's ultimate team sport. Sure. Took a lot of great staffers, took great players, mm-hmm. and, and he, ha- he had them. Took two great kickers. To go through it with Vinatieri and Guskowski mm-hmm. is a- almost incredible to have oh, that yeah. kind of back-to-back kickers mm, oh, yeah. for a franchise. Easily, easily. Adam Vinatieri going to be a Hall of Famer. Easily. I think both should be. Yeah. I, I think they both should be as well. Um, but no, I think you know when you look at it, we we talked about it, you know, about thirty minutes ago, forty-five minutes ago, when this news first came out. But for the Falcons, they're in a spot now where they're building. And do you want a coach that? 
kind whether, of stopgap. Well, and wh- whether he's you know coaching just to try to get a record or, or not, he's on the back half of his career, or you could go get a young coach that could really be the future of your franchise. And I don't mind them going out and, and getting somebody that, if it works out, could be here for 20 years and, and, and be the, the guy in Atlanta. And under the whole take a year off, how, how many people really have a year off in anything, well, regardless of age? That's uh, that's Sean a, Payton did it. Yes, took a while to get it restarted this year. It sure did. Um, but no, it's hard. I mean, when you're out for uh, for a year, and especially at the age of Bill Belichick, it's hard to get back into it. And, and you know, with any any place next year, we, we, we've talked about Mike McCarthy. Don't start zero three. Right. I mean, you're not hiring Bill Belichick first October in Dallas next year. No. That no. That, that that's not. That wouldn't be good for anybody, and I don't think anybody would would hire him in season. Then would he almost pull a Doc Rivers in our place and maybe let me let me do a little consulting work for you? Maybe late in the year. Maybe um, I could. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past them, but you know, I, I would kind of be surprised if that happened. And, and, and those owners, he he's never having another owner coach relationship like uh-huh. he did no. with Kraft. No, 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 not at all. He he's never having another quarterback relationship. You 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 get about one of those in a life. Well it's it's gonna be hard for, for anybody for You're lucky to, to get one. Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for anybody to have a relationship or or for him to have a relationship with anybody because I don't expect him to be somewhere for very long. I mean And, and I, I, I saw this uh tweet and it, it's about Bill O'Brien that he never won a championship mm. With either Belichick or Saban, wow! And now he's wow. with Ryan Day. Yeah, that's interesting. That's almost impossible it, to be it, in both it, of those buildings like and leave ultimate ring. <laughs> but you should have said that ultimate. for big number. That yeah. might have been the big number of the year. I mean, and, and now Ryan Day has Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. Yeah, he sure does. And I, I don't and, know. And, and he, what kind of party do you think he threw last night? <laughs> Harbaugh's gone. Yeah. Good riddance. Oh man! I'll pay the moving. The deal. entire state of Ohio, the party they threw last night. I mean, but it ramps up the pressure on him. Sure does. Harbaugh's gone now. Mm-hmm. You now sure you, can't lose to him now. No, you can't. You lose at the at the horseshoe next year. You're really in trouble. No, you got to be at the top now. There's no, there's no question about it. And you know, I, I've we we've talked about it a little bit. I've loved what. Um, what they've done this off season and, and through the transfer portal and everything, um, you know, I think they're going to be very good next year. And and with the NFL talk, and it's it's a really delicate subject. Yeah. But and we we've talked about it in the breaks, and I know John Harden has talked about it. Mm-hmm. Brian, th- th- this story around the Chiefs fans oh my and the, gosh. and the the deaths. Brian, I've been to some hellacious game watching parties. <laughs> I mean, some that lasted into the sun up to the next day, mm-hmm. and anybody died. No, no, no. It's been not, some, not one person. It's been some marriages wrecked, <laughs> but nobody's died. And it's been some cars torn up, <laughs> but not one, but three, three. deaths. It's it's and insane. Dude, hosting slept through it 
for two days. Well, that was the 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 story I read, and I forgot where where I read the story on it. But it was man, I've had the long weekends, but, yeah, but forty eight straight hours of, of sleep. <laughs> well, and that's what it was. Is 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 one of the men? And you wake up in the the coroner's there. Yeah, every everybody's there, and there's three dead bodies in I mean, your backyard. I, I, I've I've hosted parties that walked through the house uh, the next day and thought yeah. a hurricane had uh-huh. hit it. But not uh, not founding dead bodies. No, but but not the the, no. the coroner showing uh, up. No. When the, the crazy thing, the two crazy things about it was one, um, so it was, I guess, one of the men that was there, his fiance was worried and, you know, hadn't, hadn't been home, yada, yada, yada. So she goes over there, had to break into the house and then finds um, the bodies or whatever. But then the... In, in the snow. Yeah. I, outside right yeah. well i i get i think so i know they were on what i read said they were in the backyard on the patio or something like that Th- this is gonna be a movie oh oh dateline whatever the you know the the new crime series is i mean it's all gonna be all over it but well, then he said the story i was reading said that he said oh well you know i got tired it was late night we were all hanging out after the game i went to bed but said y'all hang out just you know lock up when y'all leave and then said that they just must have froze to death and then the police were like, well, the low on that Try day was like... Try kicking the door down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like the low that day was like 31 or something like that. Like it wasn't even... It wasn't, they wouldn't have frozen to death even I, if... I, I don't know what gets thing. you. I, I don't either, but I don't think 31 would. I mean... Well, you know 71 kind of would get me. Well, that's true. Yeah, but I don't know about 31. like you, Brett. That's, that's a very good point. You know, after a lot of game-watching parties, you know, the next day, you know... <laughs> The Rotel was great. Your uh-huh. flat screen was great. Uh-huh. But not anybody did. No, no. Yeah, that's a crazy story. And uh, like you said, I think in a couple of years we'll be seeing and, and specials on it. If, I, if I'm if i correct about the game, that was the last regular season game, wasn't it? Yeah. It that was, first was, game into January. Yeah, it, was, it was back in the first of January, yeah. Yeah, so week, was, week 18. Mm-hmm, not yeah. even because Kansas City didn't play all. Uh, no. Did Kansas City play in the... Yeah, they played in the wild card they round. Did. They did. Um, yeah, that was the real cold game. Sure was. Um, but it wasn't that weekend, was it? No, 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 no. This was, this was like January, like the... Let's see. Oh, no, no, that's... Who, who did the Chiefs play in their last regular season game? I, I don't know. Their last regular season... It was, it was Chiefs-Chargers. It was January 7th. That's exactly when it was. And the uh, Chiefs won 13-12. I bet that party did get a little crazy, a 13-12 win. Um, okay, well, over the square game, I can see the party getting crazy. Getting, getting crazy over, over Blaine Gabbert. That's what... Uh, but go three and two, one, and everybody yeah, else lost. Uh, that's right. No, that's a... Uh, that's un- unbelievable, and and we didn't know it, it was only a local story, and wasn't yeah. that big locally uh-uh. Uh-uh. for a while. Yeah, and now it's really coming out now. Um, before we get to break, Brett, another crazy story coming out today: Keishon Butte, who now was with LSU. Everyone kind of knows him from LSU. Now I saw him go for over three bills against Ole Miss in twenty twenty COVID year. <laughs> Three, th- great three, player. Three mean, thirty-five receiving something in, like he that. He was incredible. And then um, Brian Kelly took over. It sounded like they kind of butted heads a little bit. And then, but now in the NFL. Um, but uh, today it is coming out that uh, he has been uh, arrested on charges related to illegal online gaming. Butte allegedly created a fraudulent online account while he was twenty. 
placing over 8,900 bets over 13 months. He liked the action. He liked the action. Oh, Brad, I got some numbers coming up for you. 17 on NCAA football games, at least six. Out of 9,000 bets? Out of, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised by that. I, I, I am too. Because if you like it, you like it. Oh, yeah. At least six on uh, LSU football. That's not good. Uh, that's not good at all. Um, these are some breakdowns. According to the warrant, during the 2022 uh, in 2023 season, Butte deposited a total of $132,147.53 into his account. Uh, I think you're crazy. If they just want pizza money. If you're, if you're putting in cents in there. Here's the kicker, though. So $132,147 into his account. Butte won a total of $556,267.58, but used most of the money to make additional bets. And all in all, Butte withdrew $50,000 from his account, I guess, when he felt like he was about to get caught or whatever, just needed the money. Um, so, yeah, bad situation for Kate, uh, uh, for Butte. And it sounds like he didn't even really hide his identity. It sounded like his usernames and stuff were like Kayshawn Butte 1 and like Kayshawn Butte 03 or whatever. But according to that, he ended up plus winning? He ended up plus. But, well, it's, at first he ended up plus, and then – Use that on more bets, and, and not plus. It sounds like he withdrew only fifty thousand. Now, was that all the money, or is that just you know what he wanted to take out? Is the question. But certainly for a while there was in the plus. But I don't. I don't think this is an LSU story. No, no, no. It's. I don't think it's an LSU story. I think it's a Keishon Butte story. And we're going to get a gob of these. Oh yeah, over the years. Yeah, twenty two, twenty three. I guess twenty two. He was. St- still there 23 would have been his would have been this past season um as a rookie with uh, Mm -hmm. with with new england so 2022 um would have been the season at lsu but interesting story for sure um with butte i'm sure we'll get more information about it and eventually we're going to get one much 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 worse than this way somewhere way worse i think it's impossible to avoid it yeah and i think the the bets on lsu is concerning now was he with the Patriots at the time when he was making those bets on LSU? That's certainly better than when he was an athlete at LSU. But I'm sure we'll get more information um, as time goes on. That just kind of came out today that he was being arrested for it. But let's go ahead uh, and get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Be sure to follow us at Sports56WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports56WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. 
Well, my big number today might be the biggest I've had in a really, really went long one time. yesterday on this, John. I did get one yesterday. It's, it's, I was shocked that he went there. It's much bigger than the number one. Uh, my big number today is two point eight million. That's a that's lot. a number, but got a point in there. <laughs> yeah. I do have a point in there. Um, that's a lot bigger than uh, than the one that I brought to the table yesterday. Uh, I saw this earlier today. Front Office Sports um, on Twitter tweeted this out. Peacock. Added 2.8 million subscribers ahead of the Dolphins Chiefs wildcard game. Uh, according to Antenna Data, it ranks as the single largest subscriber acquisition event the firm has ever tracked. So I wonder what the retention rate's been. I wonder how many signed up just question. for that day and then let it go, yeah. but, ha- but how many that kept it? Yeah, well, that's, that's curious. Let's see. That game... We're coming up. We're close to the to the one month, um, so I'm sure we'll get that number soon. In terms of people who can't, you know, one month got the month subscription. The publicity they got out of it. The yeah. the number the numbers have all been in their all favor. Really good, yeah. We, we we can dislike it all we want. It's worked. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah and it I, did. And, and you're going to see a lot more streaming services pitching this uh, and, and try. I'm sure uh, it's not going away, is it? No, no, it's not. You know, CBS has their you one know, of these weekends. Y'all are going to be at my house uh-huh. trying to wire me for yeah. sound, get me all figured uh-huh. out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think with all of these numbers that are coming back, I won't for be them, having the driveway good. For <laughs> going, well, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Yeah. But I mean, you you look at what Peacock <laughs> and all these numbers that are coming back that are that are positive numbers. I mean, CBS. Yes, their great relationship with the NFL. They have you know Power, Paramount Plus. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm would not be surprised next year if we got a, a Paramount Plus and exclusive. My prediction that yeah, that playoff game, college yeah. football playoff game next year, that standalone mm-hmm. Friday night one, yeah. and there will be three games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've got I don't know a thing. I hadn't been told that, right. but I, I got a feeling. I'm trying to think. Let's so, try that out, experimental. So we've got Peacock. that's a possibility. Peacock that does live sports, and we've already seen exclusive there. Prime has done exclusive Prime. games. I could see Paramount Plus getting in there with yeah. CBS. Maybe Max, that's uh, the kind of Turner Broadcasting. I can see that, Brian. See that, but they don't have a relationship with the NFL. That would maybe be more NBA. NBA. Y'all will like definitely. There's no doubt. In, y'all are going to see it in your lifetime. Super Bowl is going to be pay-per-view. Yeah. I I really believe now, that's, that's all possible. The streaming is a fancy name sure. for it. It's pay per view. Yes, yes, I yes. believe I believe we're going to see that in our lifetime too. Uh, yeah. And pay per view was one of the factors that helped wreck, helped to wreck the, uh, the uh, boxing in the United States. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, boxing has not been the same. Forever. It, it just hadn't I mean, been. It, it's way different than what it was. I mean, I hear all the stories of boxing at its height, and and yeah, and now it's it was real, just not there anymore. I mean, I like watching boxing, but Me too. man, yeah. it is just not what it used to be. It did it, something happened to me with boxing, really after Duku Kim was killed in the ring. Mm, yeah, but it was in a fight with Boom Boom Mancini. I, I don't, I don't think it was good nickname. It wasn't Boom Boom Mancini's fault, right? He he was the other boxer. That it, it got to the point where I I just thought it was it it, it was like human dog fighting. I'm sorry, yeah. I did. Yeah. I I just couldn't watch anymore. I did go down to the Olympic trials down at Tunico Ooh, really? one year. You know, that's just three rounds. Sure. Very protective headgear. Yeah. Uh, enjoy and, and still kind of enjoyed that. But I I, I was a big fan of seventies eighties big fan. Yeah, and by ninety eight done. Wow. Wow. 
Yeah. See, I mean, now, I mean, there, there are pay-per-views out there. And now... I, I didn't go to Tyson Lewis. Really? And turned wow. out what... I don't, I don't know if they became, but it was Sporting News Radio then. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, we want you to be our guy. And I'm doing a lot of stringing for them, be our guy for yeah. a week in Memphis. I said, find somebody else. I'm not going to it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Now, I mean, ESPN does some boxing. They do. Not much. Uh, but nowadays, all these celebrity influencers. Yes. Yeah, ce- celebrity wanna, boxing. Yeah. Now. And it's, it's, it's really ruining boxing for It's me. ruined the game. It really did. My big number is six. That's the number of AFC championship games for Patrick Mahomes. In those games, uh, the one so far, uh, he's been in five so far. He, he's, four, he's 14 TDs, two interceptions. He's three and two in those previous five he's played in. This week will be his sixth. He's already two and one in Super Bowls with two MVPs. We know Brady was six and three in Super Bowls with five MVPs. How did Brady not get that sixth MVP? Or <laughs> the the I'm sorry the the yeah the sixth MVP for all six wins. Dion Branch wanted it, wide receiver for the Patriots that day. <laughs> he caught 133 yards worth uh, of passing yeah. from Tom Brady. Yeah. Zero touchdowns. Yeah. Tom Brady threw two <laughs> touchdowns that day. Neither to Deion Branch. Yes. One to Mike Vrabel. How about that? Wow. Mike that's ben a great Vrabel. stat. That well, the, the, the Vrabel receiving numbers, we, we've done this before. Yeah. I think he had like 10 NFL catches on 10 targets. Yeah. yeah. T- 10 NFL touchdowns oh, exactly, on 10 yeah. targets. That's a great stat. It's a, it's a, it's a wild that, That's a wild stat. Um, but, he would play tight end now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I mean, that's a that's a good point. I I'm I don't like to be the guy of oh the quarterback should win everything yada yada. But I mean, when when you give it to a receiver, I mean, especially when he didn't score, who's throwing it? And, to and him, that goes yeah. back to in COVID year 2020, and it was the second year I was voting for the Heisman, and I voted for Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith won. I have no problem with that. Right. That's great. Yeah. Great player. Great team guy. And. One of the two or three, four favorite players Nick Saban ever had at Alabama. Really? He just loved him. Wow. Lo- loved how he played. A little bitty guy, but just mm-hmm. played all out. Well, that was the year Jalen Waddle got hurt midseason for Bama. Mm. That's true. Well, if he doesn't get hurt, he gets half of right. Devontae stuff. Right. Yeah. And Mac Jones is still throwing it. That's right. You're, it's a good point. Man, that's a real great but point. But I don't want to get into the quarterback always wins it either. I, I, yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. The, those voters, uh-huh. they had a redo. Yeah, oh, they, they yeah. wouldn't vote for Deion Branch. No, they would not. If we have voters for MVPs, well, on that's game a good day. question. We've talked about that's that. That's one before. of my conspiracy yes, theories. It sure is, Brett. You know, I love a good conspiracy theory. Uh, speaking of things, uh, Brett, there's never been a vote for captain. No, team captain. No, no. Johnny, you've been around team captains. <laughs> that's true. Did, you, did you ever see a ballot box? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, I saw this text before we get to a break, uh, Brett. We were talking college game day earlier. They're going to be in. Uh, Fayetteville this weekend for uh, Kentucky and Arkansas. It looks like they're on the move, getting over there at least the uh, the buses with uh, with all the stuff in it. Matt texts in a picture. Um, he saw the the bus. He sends us a picture of the college game day bus from over uh, on Mount Mariah. So Is that right? Kind of near us, Brett. And uh, so I guess <laughs> they're, they're on their way to Come into your city. Oh, they that's, don't play that anymore. No, 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 no. Wrong, wrong song. Wrong sport. That's I think that's The song was terrible this year. Yeah, it was bad. And it was what three different artists. Yeah. I, I want song was terrible. It was a bad song. I think college football game day needs a whole rework. Yeah, well, and, and we could be seeing it soon. Um, it certainly could be seeing it very soon. But that'll do it for our second hour. Let's get to a break. When we come back, we're talking Tigers with Greg Gaston.